This is the Church Security Made Simple podcast, giving leaders practical solutions to help make your community safer. I'm your host, Simon Osmo, and I'm on a mission to keep his churches safe. Now, it's been over 10 years since the Lord called me into security ministry, and as a national church safety practitioner supporting churches across the country, I'll share my expertise to give you simple solutions to keep your church safe. So if you're ready to make your church security simple, come join me and let's dive into this week's episode as we learn how to plan, prepare and protect our ministries. In today's podcast episode, I'm talking with Melissa Agnes, the founder of the Crisis Ready Institute and author of the book Crisis Ready. Now, Melissa is a TEDx speaker. She's considered an international expert on crisis management. And I wanted to sit down with Melissa and have this conversation to learn a bit more about how can nonprofits be more left of the bang when it comes to crisis readiness. Now, I know you'll get so much out of this conversation with Melissa, and she truly is an expert in the field of crisis management. But before we dive into the episode, I want to tell you about a sponsor of this series, Bylas Insurance. Now, Bylas Insurance are based in Minnesota, but serve churches, nonprofits, and companies across the country, teaching them how to manage and mitigate risk. And I've known Mark Bylas for owner for coming up to a decade, and they are my personal insurers of my business. So if you are looking to make sure you have the right coverage or wanting to look at insurance in a new way, reach out to Mark and his team and you'll find their link in the show notes below. Now, without further ado, let's take a listen to my conversation with Melissa Agnes. So Melissa, one of the things that I find around crisis management, and I have to be one of the first to hold my hands up and say that pre the pandemic, the global pandemic, I have a lot of nonprofits that were coming to me for advice and crisis management, business continuity. These were just conversations that I didn't even entertain because they were so, they need to start sort of walking before they really sort of start running. But I know you're a national and international expert around crisis management. So I'd just love to get some of your insights around this. And how, how do you define a crisis, Melissa? A crisis is an event or a situation that threatens business as usual. It requires immediate escalation straight to the top of leadership. So if your leadership team is in meetings or they're on vacation or they're sleeping, they're in their beds at night, they're getting pulled out of that meeting, they're getting called back from vacation or they're getting woken up because this situation threatens material impact on one to all of the following five things. So we have people, whether that's internal and or external stakeholders, we have environment. To me, environment can be the planet, depending on the organization, or it could be the economy. Uh, We have operations, reputation, and or bottom line. So an event that stops business as usual requires straight escalation straight to the top of leadership because it requires their decision making and their their leadership because it threatens material impact on people, environment, operations, reputation, and or bottom line. And I guess I know you work with large organizations and small, predominantly large organizations where where they have a big, what I call in my world, a security culture. I I guess you must find organizations where you have to sort of create a culture around crisis management. Wouldn't that be right? So the whole concept, the whole premise of Crisis Ready, which is my brand, is that it is cultural. 
So it's not enough. And anybody who had invested in a generic, very, you know, hired a consultant or did it internally, they had this crisis management plan, which was this document that, you know, was filed away the second that it was created. It's very siloed. It was very linear. It was very theoretical. They didn't know this maybe, but the second COVID hit, it did absolutely nothing to truly serve them through their hours of need, their months of need. So it really needs, so crisis ready is something very specific to me, sense of like what I've branded the trademark and all that. And it's having a cultural approach or taking a cultural approach. It's having a, um, I'm sorry, it's having a culture whereby every single member of the team of the organization, so up, down, laterally, like across the board, whether you're a team of one, 10, 100 or 10,000 around the world has the training and is empowered to do three things intrinsically well. So they're able to identify risk at its onset. So the sooner we can identify a risk, the sooner we can be in a position to respond to it, right? And we don't know today who's going to be the first person to be to have the opportunity to identify something. So you want to make sure that people know what they're looking for if they see something to be able to categorize it. So you asked me, Simon, what is a crisis? How do I define crisis? There's a difference between an issue and a crisis. Most people feel that issues in the, when they happen are crises, but they're not. They're simply issues. And a crisis for not to diminish the, you know, the importance of issue management, but it's not a crisis. And a crisis for one organization is not necessarily a crisis for another organization. So if somebody on your team detects something, do they know what those thresholds of impacts are that say, oh, this is an issue, therefore it's my responsibility to do X, Y, Z? Or this is a crisis and this is now what I have to do. I have to escalate it internally and this is how to go about doing that. And then the third piece is having an entire organization that knows how to effectively respond. And when I say effectively respond, I mean you're responding in a way and response is always action and communication in the right timeline. So that's what, you know, is in a response. And an effective response means that you are in a position to actively, proactively de-escalate the situation as quickly as you can, to mitigate as much material impact as you possibly can, obviously. But in crisis ready, or I should say, and in crisis ready, we go a step above that and we say, how do you manage, effectively respond to any type of incident, be it an issue or a crisis, in a way where you're going to come out of it with even stronger ties and relationship and trust with the people who matter most to the organization? And I love all that, Melissa, because that's one of the reasons I was thinking about doing this conversation for nonprofits and churches. I thought Melissa Agnes is the person that I want to talk to. Thank you. But there's also a lot in there for people to try and comprehend. And like I started this conversation, you know, pre the pandemic, these are things that I have a lot of insights in. You know, I know international experts like yourself where I can bring in to help advise organizations. But I hadn't really gone there because they're just they're not they're not even walking right now. So I guess. When I hear you speak, and I think about my audience. What are some simple things that you would advise them to do to start this conversation? Well, I want to do want to come back to the culture, but as we're listening to everything that you're saying, I'm sure there's this sense of being overwhelmed that might be coming down yeah. on them, thinking it's my responsibility. So, so what are simple things that you might say that you do today to start thinking about this? It, it really is overwhelming. And so one of my advisors, Aaron Marks, one of my team members and advisors um, and friends, says to me often, he says, Melissa, how do you eat an elephant? Not that you should eat an elephant, but how do you eat an elephant? The answer is one bite at a time. So the crisis ready curriculum, the framework of it, we've developed that to be able to be um, progressive. So it literally is one bite at a time, right? So for example, the first bite, the first stage, the first phase 
would be to define issue and define crisis for your organization. And then with that, go through an exercise with your team, cross organizational team, because crisis does not happen in a vacuum. So it should not, you know, only reside in one department or one, one area and say, okay, we have, this is an issue. This is a crisis. This is the framework. Let's go through, like, what are the things that keep us up at night? And let's conduct an exercise that says, I don't know, somebody says cyber or somebody, cybersecurity, right? That keeps us up at night. Well, when would a cyber cybersecurity event be an issue? And when would it be a crisis? Let's, let's tell that story together as a group. From there, so you're comparing apples to apples. You're not saying a cybersecurity event is a crisis, but a fire in a trash can is an issue, right? You're saying, go back to the fire, a fire in a trash can is an issue. If somebody's next to it and they throw water on it right away and it's managed in the moment, it doesn't ever escalate. That was an issue in the moment. A fire that takes down a facility, injures people and creates massive disruption to operational the operation side of the business would be a crisis. So we have a fire and we're saying, here's an example of when that would be an issue. Here's an example of when that would be a crisis. And then you can use those to start thinking through why did it go from issue to crisis? Like what were those thresholds, those defining thresholds of impact that said that this is material impact on either people, environment, operations, reputation, and or bottom line that say that this is a crisis, right? So this is, this is, it's, this is one exercise. It's a profound exercise, but when you can get alignment across the board that says, okay, we all know now as a team, these are the defining criteria of what material material impact means for our organization, which means that we are in or potentially facing a crisis. We can get alignment across the board. Great that we integrate that into the culture. And that's one, that's one first step that you can take that really will take you leaps and bounds into being more crisis ready than you are today if you don't already have that. And that's great. And I like it because this could be a series of conversations because we need to take oh, yeah. steps to make sure that oh, yeah. we, we, we do bite that elephant. And so here's my next thing. But I know my listeners are thinking this because whenever I go to a nonprofit or a house of worship, the first thing I want to say to them is who is in charge of safety and security? And sometimes not many hands really get raised because it doesn't have this defined ownership. So there's going to be some people that are listening thinking, that sounds like my role. I should be the person who's trying to build this culture around crisis readiness. So if an incident does occur, we're, we're sort of ready. And there could be someone who's thinking, well, that's definitely not me. I've got to find the person who is. So think about a lot of nonprofits, volunteerism, community-minded, you know, sort of churches, uh, sort of low budgets. Not all churches have employees. Uh, quite often it can be the pastor delegation. What is some best practice or, or how do you really define who should take ownership to try and take these steps to, to form crisis readiness? And I know that is a big, it's a big question, Melissa. Well, it's not, but that's just it. When I look at it, so one thing I do want to say, especially when it comes to like churches and a lot of nonprofits, maybe they don't have team or staff, and maybe they don't see it this way, but where they stand is their leaders within their community. So now you're not just looking at if a crisis strikes our church or us, but what if a crisis happens in our community? How are we prepared to lead and guide our community? And that is a leadership role that they, whether they like it or not, comes with the territory, right? Because they are leaders within their community. So that's really important to note. To answer your question, it's not, if anybody is listening to this and says, you know what, whether this is my role or not, I want to be a part of this. I, I like this aligns with me. I get it. It resonates. Like, let's move forward. 
what do I do? Start creating more advocates with you, right? And so I, when I say that crisis ready is cultural, that means it needs to permeate through the entire organization. It means it needs to, that organization needs to be led with the right mindset. People need to be empowered and trained with the right skill set, and they need the right capabilities, the right functionality and processes, protocols, et cetera, within the organization to enable that, those mind, that mindset and those skill sets to be able to work optimally, right, together. So it's mindset, skill set, capability. Everybody is actually responsible for this within an organization. So if you're listening and you're saying, this is me, great. No matter what, it's not only you. You need to have alignment. You need to have buy-in and support across the board. So that's where you start. If you're listening to this and saying, this sounds really good, but it's not me, I would challenge you and say, why is it not you? Because if it resonates with you and you feel something towards this, like it ignites something within you, that's a very powerful, very meaningful, very important thing. So I would say that you now can go and use that to then create this buy-in and support and bring this to the organization. Maybe you're not the decision maker at the table, but maybe the decision maker needs you to help bring them to the understanding that, hey, we really need this. Great um, insight. As you were talking there, a question was coming to my mind when I go to a lot of nonprofits and I did an engagement recently. So hopefully I, my client, it doesn't give them away too much. But at the end, we, we did a security risk assessment and we did the debrief. A senior executive sort of stood up and said, so, so when is all this complete? And I said, well, can you clarify the question? He said, so, so when are we when are we safe once we've implemented all your actions, Simon? I said, you know, sadly, you know, you never are complete. This, this is just the beginning of your journey. I think there's that realisation as to how large that elephant is. And I guess it was taking my mind, Melissa, to the, the measurement of success. This is something where an organisation might invest funds, time, energy and treasure but yeah. the only way to really measure success is your preparedness for when that event never happens. Does that make sense? Yes. And so here's the crisis ready. Selling crisis ready is really hard because it's insurance that unless com it's compliance driven, which is not the right way to drive it, you have to really have that buy-in and support. And you have to have that alignment on the mindset and kind of the, the value behind it. What I love about my job and about what I do is that helping organizations become crisis ready really, truly strengthens the organization, the team, the ambiance, the atmosphere, the culture every day, not just when crisis strikes, right? So that's one of the things is I measure what is the everyday value to this as to why you'd want to invest and invest in and commit to a crisis ready culture. Because your point, Simon, it is an ever evolving, living, breathing component aspect to your organism. So that's one. And then two, when would you define success? I'm going to give you an example. So I have one of my clients, when they originally called me, before they were my client, they wanted a training. Um, they called me. I'm a keynote speaker. They said, you know, we're speaking to you. We're speaking to other crisis management people. We had a near miss situation. So we had over 100,000 people on our grounds and we had what we thought in the moment was an active shooter situation. It wasn't. And thank goodness. But it, in the moment, there was started to become mass panic. And we thought that that's what we were faced with. And we realized in that moment that we had no idea what to do and we need help. Can you come in and train us? And I remember this specifically because I'll never forget it because I take my job really seriously. I don't take so much so like my life or different things myself very seriously, but my job, I take it very seriously. And so to hear that, you know, 100,000 plus people didn't 
potential active shooter didn't know what to do, like to literally they were tweeting, which nobody, if their life is on the line or going to Twitter and in their defense, they just didn't know better. But and in their defense, they realized they didn't know better and they took accountability for that. And they called somebody like me or they called me and others, but they wanted a training. And my response was no, no, no. Like, yeah, you're going to get a training. Absolutely. But you need a program. Like, what am I going to train you on? You've got, we need to do the work. You need to be actually ready to, you need to be crisis ready. And then we can bring this into the culture. And I remember getting off the call and I was really strict about it. And I remember getting off the call. I was actually at another event that I was about to speak at. And I went to the venue and I saw my colleague and I, I go, just had a call with a prospective client. And I'm like, I'm sure they're not going to hire me because I was really strict with them. And like, totally just whatever dream they had, I like totally just annihilated it. Sure enough, they were smart. They called me. They've done the work. Fast forward like three or four years down the line. And to your point, Simon, this isn't ever an evolving commitment, right? So you develop the program and then you continue to hone it and strengthen it, invest in your team's skills and all of these things year after year. And so fast forward three or four years and I get a call from them and they go, Melissa, I don't think your definitions are right. It's like, okay. They go issue your definitions of issue and crisis. Like, I don't think those are right. So the definition of a crisis is it stops business as usual. You need escalation straight to the top of leadership because it threatens material impact. We had a situation that, you know, did all of those things. And we had our president on camera with the media and everything, but it, it wasn't a crisis. It was an issue. So I think that you need to revise your definitions. And I had, and this is one of my most, mo my like most valued moments in my career is getting to say to this organization that has such high risk and it was so underprepared, right? So oblivious to their preparedness or to their, the importance of it. In that moment, I got to say, can we pause for a second and look at what you were just faced with and instinctively as a team, without even thinking to call me, you were able, because you didn't need to, you were, you had the mindset, you had the skill set, you had the capability to work together in the heat of the moment to do everything you needed to do to de-escalate the situation, to resolve it and to strengthen the trust with your community and your stakeholders. And then to call me and challenge me on my, on my definitions. Like, can we look at the results and the impact of what you have achieved over these past, the course of these past years? That is success. And not everybody gets that moment of like where it's so clear and it's so that awareness, but we, when you're crisis ready, one, you are more aware. You get to see like, oh, that was a near miss or, or we got, it wasn't luck there that resolved that. It, we really did nip it in the bud before it ever became something because we're prepared because now your mind can see these things. But to your point, it's like, it's the crisis that doesn't happen because you you solved it, you resolved it before it got to happen. That is the success. And that's an incredible story, Melissa. And it, it really shows not only how much or how far your client came, but also how your heart is in supporting your clients. So I'm really glad that people got to hear that. And like me as a consultant, people come and say, I want training. And you know, step one in my book is identify your security cultures like let's again i said this a couple of times during this conversation is let's get you walking first before we start running you know what what do you want me to train on um otherwise it's gonna be bad practices but melissa as we start to wrap up so you've got your book uh, crisis ready but i'd love you to tell my listeners a little bit about the crisis ready institute because that could be a good next step for a non-profit to join your organization and get training so maybe tell us about the yeah, crisis absolutely. ready institute Thank you. Uh, Crisis Ready Institute is founded because I'm frustrated with the status quo in my industry. Um, these plans that 
are generic that get created and get put on a shelf and do absolutely nothing to actually serve or to create crisis-ready leaders throughout an organization. Um, we need better than that in this world, especially you know post post 2020 where we are today. Um, I think that's very, very clear. And not just from government, but across the board. We need stronger leaders who can rise to the opportunity of, of leading through crisis or leading through challenge. So the Institute was, was founded to do that. And so for me, it, what's always been one of my differentiators in my market is, or in my industry, is I always see it as a transfer of knowledge. So my client that I just told you about, it's never been, when you have a crisis, call me. Here's your plan and call me. It's been, here's the training, here's the skill set, here's the empowerment, here's the transfer of my knowledge to you so that you can, I can take a vacation or sleep at night and I know you're not going to call me because you've got it and you can call me after and we can debrief. So that really is a transfer of knowledge and it's developing a skill set that isn't taught in school. It's not taught anywhere yet. I'm working on that, but right now it's not taught anywhere. So, and that is, and one more thing is looking at those fundamental building blocks that's what we do. We teach the building blocks. So we coach you through, we provide, pretty soon we'll be providing certifications, crisis ready certifications um, to say, you know, coaching you through the development of your program with your organization, within your organization, while we help you hone the skill set that serve you as an individual personally, you as an individual professionally, and then you as kind of that greater team member within the organization. So, and that's crisisreadyinstitute.com. And I'm really looking forward to some of my listeners diving into that. I'll put the link to your book and to the Crisis Ready Institute in the, the show notes. And Melissa, I'm going to commit you a little bit here before I let you go. Will you agree to come back and just offer a little bit more? So once we've got them through this stage of overwhelm, we'll take them to the next step. Can I get your agreement? You're going to come back and help I am 100% on board. Anytime, Simon. I really appreciate you, you creating this opportunity and space. Good. Thanks, Melissa. Well, I look forward to talking to you soon. You have a great day. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Church Security Made Simple podcast. If you're looking for training on how to keep you and your church community safe, or if you're interested in working with me on my five-week group coaching program, please head over to worshipsecurity.org. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening. Now, I'll be back with you on the next episode, but until then, stay safe, have a blessed day, and remember... Always plan, prepare, and protect your ministry.